Previously on season one. Walking into the hospital and seeing Mary and then we just broke down to tears is when I understood for sure that like I had come to the hospital to say goodbye to Rachel. And I instantly just said, well, what about her parents? Like, what are her parents doing? Are they okay? I kind of lost my faith for a while, just thinking like, if like if there was like a God, why would he do that? And we'd go to dinner and there would be a spot open. Like, it was really hard to start to understand that she wasn't gonna be there anymore. And like, our lives were gonna have to keep going and they were gonna change. That first year, um, I was pretty starstruck by the amount and um, the amount people would intake alcohol and the drug use. You know, you go to college, you go to parties, you go to school. Everyone makes it out to seem like this awesome, fun thing, which it is, but there's also parts of it that are really hard. And I wish that I would have gone into college understanding that more and knowing my resources more. And the whole time, like, I remember, like, specifically, like, at a stoplight looking at this family that I'm just like, they're so happy. And, like, this day is just like my whole world got flipped upside down. My mental status? Um, stressed. I'm, I'm very stressed. I went through uh, a lot of counseling and I went through a lot of problems with depression. Freely, freely hanging out with my friends or whatever. I feel like, I don't want to say in secret because we're not breaking the rules, but it's, it's just kind of awkward at every social setting to be like, you get in a mask and like then you want to like pull it down to talk where if you like feel like maybe it's too many y'all too close like somebody being like hey it's your kids way too close and... actually at the beginning of the pandemic my mom went and bought quite a bit of toilet paper so we were, we were definitely hoarding some toilet paper there was something wrong you could just tell by the look on his face and that was it that was the last time i ever got to see rachel Hello everyone, this is Georgia welcoming you back to Safety. We had to take a little break. Well, okay, a really long break. Thanks, COVID. But we are back. That's right, Georgia. COVID can't keep us down. I'm excited to welcome back our listeners to Season 2 of Safety. So before we start Season 2, I'd recommend you go back and listen to Season 1's episode on the Lifeline Law. There is a ton of valuable information in that episode to keep you and your friends safe as you begin classes and start college social life. It's a well-known fact that the college experience goes way beyond classes and parties. We are excited to give you a taste of what we have just waiting for you. Take a listen. Majority of the people who were there were underage drinking. Um, and so they started to panic and for a while contemplated. It was a lot of arguing about, do we call 911? If it hadn't been for the lifeline law, things could have ended up much worse for me. Um, you know, make the call, it's really important. It does save lives. And other people have been helped by the Lifeline Law and it's allowed them to get medical care as soon as possible. So when in doubt, just make the call. Did you know that one pint of donated blood can save up to three lives? Yeah, how does that even happen? Let's face it, no one wants to think about dying and it can be really uncomfortable to talk about what happens to your body after you die. I would have to say I haven't thought of it probably enough. I always fall into that idea that a lot of young people have that they're invincible and that they don't even have to think about it because it's not going to happen. And I, I can't really remember consciously thinking I need to give her a kidney. It had to be divine intervention because there's no reason that 
we're unrelated, we're different blood types, we're different races, we, there is no connection except 15 years ago, God put us in the same room. And that's, that's how it happened. So for a college student, that might look like someone who is experiencing financial need or struggling to pay for school or books or, you know, just somewhere to live. They might be taken advantage of by a fraudulent job posting or they could be groomed by someone that they look at as a boyfriend or a girlfriend and then they're later compelled to engage in sexual activity just to live and to get by. But then all of a sudden we're working with a 22-year-old who's in love with someone who is coercing her into having sex with four of his friends and maybe doing it on videotape because that's what makes him happy. It's a lot more understandable when you realize that for that person, the devil you know is better than the devil you don't. I'm, I'm too scared to report this person. I'm too scared to leave this person because I really have nowhere to go. And as long as I have control and feel as safe as I can feel in this situation, yes, is that person being trafficked from a sexual standpoint? Absolutely, but they may not see it that way. He pulled up to an escort service and he said, this is how it works in Vegas. I've spent a lot of money to get you here. I put first and last on an apartment. I filled your fridge up with food and you're gonna need to get, earn that money back. And I felt, I felt trapped. I felt like, um, how am I gonna get out of this? And you didn't know if you were gonna live or die. You didn't know what he was gonna do or what he was capable of. And so it's, it was really scary. No, I honestly would have never even thought that I would end up having an eating disorder. You know, you see it on TV and in magazines, but no. And so you see things like that with like the stick skinny models, like the heroin chic is what they used to call Kate Moss. And I, I loved it. And I, you know, you still idolize it because that's what your society is telling you is beautiful. And so Kate Moss actually had that quote, nothing tastes as good as skinny feels. And I truly believed it at the time. Another thing that people have to understand about just kind of the, the, the issue we have in front of us, it's terrible. We've lost two students to hazing this year. It is awful. Stone and Adam, I'm their parents, I'm so sorry. There are five college students a day that die from alcohol-related injuries mm -hmm. across the United States. Think about that. Five a day wow. die on average from alcohol-related injuries. So. The, the problem of alcohol in a college campus is enormous. I had an idea in the back of my head of what it might be, and it turns out it is what I thought. And when I got in the room, uh, I heard a what sounded like a paddle in between someone's legs to the right of me. Yeah. And then he gets smacked, and he starts yelling and cussing and screaming, and I'm like, oh boy, like I'm next. And for college freshmen, there's a lot of noise out there about what to expect during your first year of college. We were curious about what college freshmen want to know as they move away from home and start college. Going into college, I've gotten a lot of emails about freshman events. Do you believe they helped you or they were a waste of time? I would say the thing I wish I knew the most about um, going into college sports is what the team dynamic is going to be like. Because everyone knows that each team has a different dynamic in the way they do things. And you're going into a completely new atmosphere. And so I just wish I knew 
exactly what that dynamic is going to be like. How often should I wash my bedding? How does the rigor of classes in college compare to the high school courses? So going to college visits, I've always seen blue lights on campus. What the heck are those? So what I'd like to know before I go into college is, should I get a job my freshman year? And if so, how many hours should I work? How does move-in day work? What I've been very curious about going into college is how do you keep safe on and off campus? And do a lot of colleges have resources that are available to keep you safe? Is it okay to change my major in the middle of the semester? What if I don't like my roommate? Great questions. But there's a lot to know about college life that you probably haven't even thought of. So to give you a leg up, we turn to some experts to share their wisdom, students who have survived the first year of college. We asked our experts to tell us what they wish they knew before starting college, things they had to learn the hard way. So as our Season 2 safety welcoming gift to you, we have compiled the safety top 10 tidbits of advice for incoming freshmen. Number 1. The things that happen over the course of your first month or even your first two months or first semester of your freshman year are not going to define what's going to happen over the course of your entire college experience. Um, it's eight full semesters of school, and I wish I had realized how much I would develop over the course of those eight semesters and that that first semester is not going to define college. Number two. I think the best advice I can give to someone is to remember when you go out that if you see someone that isn't okay, you need to remember that that's someone's friend, their daughter, their sister, brother, and uh, to reach out to them, whether you know them or not. Number three. Something I wish I knew before starting college was not to settle for college bookstore textbook prices. Shop around on Amazon or other sites. Sometimes bookstores will price match too, which is great. Number four. Um, you're not invincible. You, uh, you think you are. Everyone thinks they are, but um, you're not. Bad things do happen, and you can't control it. And even though you might think you're safe, you always have to be on your toes and be able to um, think on the spot and just be prepared for anything. Number five. You need a, a group that like you can trust, you can put everything in, know that like if you are not there, that they are going to take care of you with the best, like the best ability that they can. They're gonna look out for you and it's all about the buddy system. It's about who you can trust. And when you first get to college, you're going to meet a lot of people that you think are your friends because it's so fun and you're meeting new people. But when you go out with, for that first time with these new people, you are alone because they don't know how, what you're like when you go out. You don't know what they're like when you, when you go out. But to go out, with, go out with a good friend, I recommend it. Number six. Something I wish I knew before I went into college would be how to better recognize the symptoms of depression both in myself and in others. Number seven. Nobody really pays attention or cares if you go out and do every single little thing with everybody. So it took me a while to figure out that if I wanted to have a night alone, even a weekend night alone by myself in my dorm, reading a book or watching a movie, that didn't mean that I couldn't go out the next night and hang out with people or spend more time with friends later on. Number eight. I think especially, you know, transitioning into college, it's important to remember that um, a lot of things can go wrong and I've utilized a lot of things in my uh, 
at my college, the counseling services, different professors, just to get help when you do seem like you're overwhelmed, even with just schoolwork or the simple things in life. It's important to use the resources that schools give you because there's plenty of it. Number nine. One thing I wish I knew before going into freshman year of college that I had to learn the hard way is that waking up at 8 a.m. is still waking up at 8 a.m. regardless of if you have to drive 15 minutes to school or walk three minutes to class. Waking up early is still waking up early and it still sucks. Number 10. I think it's just really important that people understand that in that moment, as scary as it is, especially as scary as it is to see someone in that situation, you have got to just go with your first instinct, which is to do the right thing and to call and to get them help no matter what happens to you. In the grand scheme of things, if you are to get a drinking ticket, that's a lot better than having to go through feeling responsible for the death of someone. Outstanding advice. So, as we close out, I just want to share with you some of the Season 2 topics we at Safety discovered that are important for all college students to know a bit more about. We will be doing more of a deep dive into issues such as hazing, eating disorders, human trafficking, organ donation, depression and anxiety during college, and much, much more. Safety episodes on these issues will drop every month, so stay tuned as we discuss hazing in college in time for National Hazing Awareness Week on September 20th through 27th. Most of us think of hazing as a ritual associated with fraternity rush, whether it's seemingly innocent activities like running errands for somebody or potentially more serious activities such as high-risk drinking. But hazing can involve much, much more, including humiliation, power, and control, and extends well beyond Greek life. On this episode, we have a survivor of hazing who will share his story of how he unwittingly became entangled in the web of fraternity rush that nearly cost him his life, and how this experience has gained national attention. Look for this episode to drop on September 20th. Until then. Safe Tea is brought to you by Rachel's First Week. Executive producer, Mike Wilson from Airborne. Sound engineer, Ben Vodder. And a very special thanks to American Medical Response, NASCAR, and healthcare initiatives for their financial support of this podcast. Visit us on Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, and Twitter at hashtag Rachel's First Week. Don't forget the A in Rachel, spelled R-A-C-H-A-E-L. We want to hear from you, so contact us at rachelsfirstweek.org. Don't forget to subscribe now so you don't miss a single episode of Safe Teeth. This is Georgia signing off. See you next time.